A house is made of wood and stone, but only love can make a home. Welcome to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, helping you make your home into one you'll love even more. On News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Saturday. It's been an unusual week this week. It's just me here today. Haley has been out all week, and I've been busy with a lot of different things. And so, as a result, we didn't have time to put together a new episode for the weekend. So I decided to go back and grab some of my favorite segments from the last year and replay those. And this first one really is is timely. They're all timely, but this one especially. You know, the weather's been great for the last few weeks or so. I mowed the yard for the first time this past weekend. And now I'm looking at the flower beds, and I know that they need a lot of work. And all of that potential digging in the dirt reminded me of this segment from May 23 of 2020. Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning, Betsy. Good morning, Dan. I have to tell you something as fast as I possibly can that happened to me over the course of this last week. You okay? Well, I've learned something very strange about myself and quite concerning. Mm-hmm. This whole quarantine has been very introspective. <laughs> I've learned, <laughs> okay. learned a lot. But anyway, I cleaned out the fridge and I noticed the other day in my immaculately cleaned refrigerator that there was a puddle underneath the coffee creamer. Mm-hmm. Now, I assumed that it was the coffee creamer leaking all over the place. So you know what I did? What? What would you have done? I'm more interested in what What would you have done to determine what's exactly spilling here? Um, How would you have figured it out? I would have started picking stuff up. <laughs> I decided it was a taste test that would determine. Oh. Yep. Ugh. It made perfect sense. Do you know what was actually spilling in my fridge? I don't want to know. Milk had gone horribly, horribly bad. In fact, after I sucked down that first curdle-inducing swallow, I looked to the back and I saw a milk can, a milk carton, on its side, completely bloated. It looked like a deer on the side of the road. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yes. When they get all big and their legs stick out in all these weird directions because they're so bloated. Yep. That was my milk jug. It was so bloated, it was leaking and kind of squirting out. And that. You do know that makes me want to gag. Well, let me tell you what it did to me. (laughs) Why is that my go to? Do you know how often I have done that? I know. You constantly taste things or smell them, and it always, I don't know why you do it. And it's like always the worst stuff. Yeah. I don't. It just was so natural, such a natural reaction. I don't know why I did it. I'm a germaphobe, so that's like my last reaction is to touch it or sniff it or lick it. <laughs> Maybe that has given me superpowers to resist everything. We'll find Maybe. out. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? I stumbled on an article today that dirt is basically Prozac. Yes. In, in right? some ways. In I some think ways. you have to, you know, clarify. I, I will clarify. You don't want people going out and just like eating handfuls of dirt. <laughs> <laughs> right. You don't want to do the no. taste test to no. find out what's no. in the dirt. It's it's going to taste bad. But anyway, we've all noticed it, right? I mean, you talk about it all the time. Gardeners, mm-hmm. people who love to get out there. It's a happy spot, right. right? The garden, working in the dirt and all of that, planting, even weeding. That That's for me a very strange one is, is weeding the jungles that sometimes grow in my backyard. While when I look at them, it's kind of anxiety inducing. Mm-hmm. But when I get out there and I start working and I'm covered in the dirt and I'm just doing the job, 
I find this weird sense of calm and I've always attributed it to the idea that I'm progressing on whatever I'm working on. I'm making progress. And so I Mm -hmm. feel better, you know, or maybe I'm being active. But the thing is, there's a study that has come out a a while back, but there's a a little more work on it done in 2018 by a research team out of the University of Colorado Boulder. They published a study finding that there's a soil-based bacterium, myobacterium vaxi, that actually decreases stressful reactions in mice. Right. See, they actually injected these rodents with this mycobacterium vaxi and then exposed them to stressful events. And the mice that had the shots, the injection, actually didn't exhibit some PTSD-like symptoms that the other mice did. It diminished their stressful reactions later on. It's really, really interesting. Yeah, they're hypothesizing that this bacterium uh, tunes down your fight-or-flight response, and they're thinking that it's going to work to prevent stressful reactions. So it's going to work much like Prozac does. And there's a a lack of serotonin that's linked to depression and anxiety and bipolar problems and things like that. And they're finding that it is very possible that this bacteria in the soil can counteract that and actually increase your serotonin production. Right. It is so interesting that actually getting outside, digging around in the dirt, planting, all of that could help reduce our stressful reactions to whatever. And, you know, I know right now in the world around us, the stress is very low. Mm-hmm. Because there's there's right. not a lot going on that's any concern or anything. Everything is sunny days, lollipops, and puppy uh-huh. dogs, right? <laughs> Nobody needs stress reduction right. now. But if you do in the future, right. maybe the thing to do is to head outside and maybe do a little weeding. Maybe even do the weeding in my yard. <laughs> right. And I'm going to just sit on the deck with a big pot full of dirt, and I'll just sniff that from time to time. And just stick your hands in there, maybe lick it. Yeah. Isn't that interesting, though? (laughs) It is very interesting. Now, all right, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to be playing an interview from last year with Jason Slank from Overiso Lumber. And he's going to be talking about all of the different options out there when it comes to choosing wood for a new deck. That's just ahead. Stay tuned. Helping you turn your house into your dream home. This is the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, presented by Benjamin Moore on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Well, welcome back. This week, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, we just didn't have time to put together a new one. So we're revisiting some of our favorite segments from the past. Right now, I'm going to go to an interview with Jason Slank from Overiso Lumber that originally aired on May 2 of 2020. Well, Betsy, it's deck season, and we always approach it from the angle of getting your deck ready to go, you know, stripping yeah. off whatever's on mm-hmm. there, sanding it, whatever you're going to do to get it ready for a new coating, coating it. making yep. sure it looks good. Right. But not everybody is at that point. Some people are sitting right now looking longingly out the window at an empty space where they wish they had a deck. Right. Or maybe they're looking at their deck thinking there is no saving that deck. I can't I'm even gonna walk have, on that one. Right. I'm going to have to rip it off. And start all over again, which is very sad. Yeah. But, you know, you get something nice and new out of the deal. That's right. And that's what a lot of people are looking for. But right. sometimes there's confusion. I know there's a ton of different exotic woods 
Yeah. And mm-hmm. just there's confusion in general. So what we thought right. we'd do is go to the experts. Well, of so course. So we're in the studio with Jason Slank, one of the owners of Over Iso Lumber. Jason, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for answering our call. We sent out an email, and yeah. there was no response for a while, and I thought, okay, maybe I'll go somewhere else. And then he gets back, and he says, I'm sorry for the delayed response. I want to do it. It's not normally what we do. <laughs> it's out of my comfort zone. Yeah, so. are you a little nervous? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah sure. You don't have to be. You know what? That happens to everybody who That's comes right. in here. They're always a little bit nervous at first. And... Betsy's intimidating. Oh, please. It's pretty scary, yeah. yeah see? Uh-huh. See? <laughs> anyway, Jason, yeah. one of the owners of Over Iso Lumber, how many locations do you guys have? We've got three locations, one right. in Highland, one in Douglas, and one in South Haven. All right. Sure. And, and just to give us an overall idea, what do you what do you guys have there? I mean, it's not just lumber. Sure. So obviously a we're a lumberyard. We sell everything that it would take to build your house, essentially. But we do windows, doors, decking, siding, roofing, you name it. We've got a hardware store, do a lot of power tools. Milwaukee, oh, I think, Milwaukee. is one we of the main brands. Of, yes, absolutely. Yeah. 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 We did a fair amount of shopping for, I think it was our golf outing. Yeah, right? I think we, we talked away. about that one case, that Milwaukee case, where you get all the components and you... S- Click it together and yeah. snap the all the pieces. Yes. yes. Extremely popular. Yeah, we love those things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about deck woods. Yeah. You know, and let's just let you run with it. What can people expect to find when they start this process? What should they be looking for? Sure. All of that. So there's a lot of options. Uh, whether you're building a new deck or resurfacing your existing deck, um, start kind of at the price point product would be your treated pine. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to be your entry level price. Um, also probably your most maintenance and, um, work. Right. Um, up from there you have cedar options. Cedar is just a naturally preserved wood. So that, Mm -hmm. that's not treated at all. Correct. Right. Yep. Yep. The saps in a cedar tree basically make it easy to maintain. Mm-hmm. It, and it smells yeah. lovely. <laughs> that is my favorite thing about cedar decks. Oh, man, do they smell good. <laughs> so that's a little more expensive. So cedar's a little bit more. Um, and then up from there, there's exotic hardwoods, ePay. You see a lot of those are very dense. And you can get They're, those and yes. sell those? Yep, yep. All right, talk about yeah. that. Because that is a very interesting, and in fact, we were just at the home show in Grand mm-hmm. Rapids a few weeks back, yeah. mm-hmm. and I had a gentleman come up who had a huge deck, mm-hmm. all with ePay, mm-hmm. and showing me pictures. You know, talk about that a little bit, some of the upsides and the downsides to yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's an awesome product. I mean, upsides are you're going to get a really, really long life out of that deck. Um, you can either choose to maintain it and keep it a beautiful reddish color that it comes, mm-hmm. or if you want it to, to kind of naturally gray out to that silver color that a lot of people do like, you you don't really have to touch it. I mean, the more you seal it, the better that color is going to stay and mm-hmm. the better life you're going to get out of the deck. But um I know yeah, that it's the kind of product that it will gray quickly. Yes. It won't, I mean, because yep. the maintenance is very, very regular. You it's, have to do the regular it's maintenance intense. on I it. I mean, you don't have to do really the power washing just because the wood is so dense itself. You can power wash it and it barely touches it. But you do have to regularly seal it, put like a timber oil or something like right. that on it. And that really seals it well and maintains yeah. a color. Yeah, we always recommend, it's the Australian timber oil yeah, from Cass. Yeah, makes yeah. that, yep. 
Yeah, that works product. works quite well for that. Now, on an ePay deck, you say to seal it. Do you seal it with something that has color in it, or do you seal it with a clear? Because we always tell people something that is clear doesn't necessarily have the UV protectors, so stuff can still gray. Sure. Is that the same with ePay, or just sealing it alone yeah, stops e- it from ePay and exotic hardwoods will... You'll have to seal it annually to maintain any color whatsoever. But a lot okay. of times that natural sealant actually pulls the original color back okay. out of the deck board. Um, but they do make that in mm-hmm. a tinted or in a natural finish. So okay. it's always amazing on a horizontal surface how much it grays. And you don't think it looks that bad. And then mm-hmm. in the spring you go by and do a coat and it just pops out. It looks mm-hmm. really great again. All right. Hmm. So ePay, I am assuming that the price has now jumped up considerably <laughs> from cedar, right? Yes, absolutely. It's going to be more than double the price of cedar. So what? So you got the beauty of it, mm-hmm. durability. Yep. Is great, that you're great, gaining that as well? Tremendous durability. How long are you going to get lifetime out of this? It depends. I mean, in Michigan, with the the cycles that we have, <laughs> you're answering that question the same way we do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that totally depends on the deck and obviously how well it's maintained too. Yeah. Um, but you can easily get thirty to forty years out of a, a good hardwood deck like that. All right. Any other hardwoods that you recommend or that that you see? Ipe really is the dominant player in that market right now. There's been some Brazilian redwoods, and tiger wood is one that's out there that has more of an exotic black graining through it mm-hmm. that can look really sharp. Um, but it's a it's a statement product. Okay. So you, gotta, <laughs> so you, you pay a statement price. Bold. Well, you got to want something bold for a look if all you right. go with a tiger wood. All right. Oh, I'm kind of yeah. intrigued. <laughs> so all of that you can get a hold of. Yes. And get that out there. Yep. And all of that. What other options are there? Because there are the wood options. Mm-hmm. Yeah, beyond, there are composite be, options as well. Wood, there's a lot of companies out there. Way too many. There's so many choices. But um, Trex, Azek, TimberTech, those are the main players in that composite market. Um, those are the ones that make the the highest quality products. It's, my opinion. What do you and you carry all three of those? We do. Yep. You carry yep. all three of those. Yep. We're in the studio with Jason Slank from Overiso Lumber, talking about different deck products that mm-hmm. you might want to consider. And composite decking. When that first came out, I remember, I think Trex was the first main yes. one, right? Yep. And I was working at the Lakewood location, and I was starting to talk to a lot of customers who were very excited because they were switching to Trex. And mm-hmm. they were saying goodbye to deck coating products. They were never going to have to coat their deck again. Yeah. And then a few years later, they were back, and they were very, very frustrated, some of them, because it had faded. And they had lost a lot of the color, and they were, they were trying to figure out, what yeah. do we do now? Has that been fixed, that issue? Cause, it, or it or is that even a fair assessment of the it problem originally? It definitely is fair. There was a huge uh, learning curve and growing pain with composite decking. Uh, the way they used to manufacture it, that composition was all the way to the surface of the material, and they even basically had pre-faded and post-faded samples that they were handing out, kind of that first-generational product. Since then, they've come out with harder shells on the outside of the surface. They've extended... 25, 30 year fade warranties on most of those products that are out there now. So they've definitely corrected that. All right. So what is it exactly? What's the material? What are we getting? Uh, it depends a little bit on the brand. So a typical composite deck board is a, it, it's a composite of wood fibers and basically your Meyer plastic bag material. Okay. They're recycling that, they're pressing it together and spitting out a composite deck board. There's also PVC options. Azek is the, the brand that makes 100% PVC decking. Okay. So those are two differences, but 
those are both considered a ultra low maintenance option. What is the life expectancy of something like that compared to a wood deck? You know, obviously the EPA is going to last longer than your pine mm-hmm. is, but what are we looking at if we go to one of these composite materials? I wouldn't be afraid to say 30 years at all out of those higher end composite materials if they're maintained and installed properly. I mean, obviously there's some expansion, contraction, movement things mm-hmm. with any deck board, but um, some of those composites do move around a bit. So, but if they're installed correctly, they they stay really tight and nice. What does the maintenance look like uh, on one of those composite yeah. ones? Because we talk about deck maintenance all the time. What does composite sure. look like for a composite? Most of the time, they don't they don't want you to power wash it or do anything. It's actually not good for the deck board to do that. <laughs> Simplest thing is to put a little cleaner in a pump sprayer and spray it on there. If you get a stubborn spot, take a scrub brush and brush it, and then hose it off. Oh. So hopefully an hour or two worth a little yeah, bit yeah. of cleaning in the yeah. spring and you got your whole summer to enjoy And it. no staining. No, no staining. staining. No mess. That's all very interesting. I like that idea. Um, one of the things that I ran into, I had two different scenarios. One of them, they had a darker color and I, it wasn't a newer one. It was a little an older composite deck, but it was so hot. Mm-hmm. Very hard to even walk on. And then another one was a white. It was a, a like a PVC one. And it you could you'd had to have sunglasses blinding. all the time. It was so blinding. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there used to be some more white options out there, and they've since gone Reduced away. Reduce that. It's yeah. just the sunny winter day effect when you walk outside. And you mm. can barely it see. was insane. Yeah, they still sell some of it. That's more of an off white for docks. It's a okay. popular thing, but most of the whites have gone away. The Did, dark colors are something that um, you know they say it's marginally hotter than a like colored wood. I mean, mm-hmm, if you're painting mm-hmm. yeah. or staining a really dark color wood, it's just going to absorb the UV in that sun and it, it's going to warm up. Um, I've got a composite on my house and essentially there's a handful of days over the course of a whole summer where I'll feel like it's really hot, but I have that on Overall, not a, not a big deal. No, no. All right. Well, if our, well, <laughs> someday my voice won't do that. Yeah, I don't see that happening it's, anytime soon. Yeah, maybe if I just Spend always like have a long. lozenge, but you know I'm going to spit it out when I talk. Or you're going to choke on it as you're talking. <laughs> that seems be. more likely. Yeah, that's entirely likely. Yeah. Jason, I'm sorry you had to be a part of all of that. <laughs> uh, if our listeners want to get more information, they want to contact you, how's the best way for them sure. to do that? Anyway, you can give us a call. We've got showrooms at each of our locations, Highland Douglas, South Haven. You can look us up at www.overisolumber.com. Whatever's easiest. Excellent. Jason Slink, one of the owners of Over Isa Lumber. Mm-hmm. We go straight to the top of when we get we do. people. <laughs> Why not? Thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for having me. Well, it's time for some commercials, but when we come back, we're going to the archives again, and this time it's in honor of all of the spring cleaners out there. See, I've got my recommendation for bathroom cleaner of the year, and I'll tell you what it is just ahead. Stay tuned. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Like Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. And we're back. And as I've mentioned all show long, this week we just didn't have time to put together a new one. So we're revisiting some of our favorite segments from the past. Right now, I want to play a segment that I recorded from home during the lockdowns last year about a cleaning product that I really, really like. Right now, we're going to talk about something that I'm pretty excited about. 
because, well, I guess here's the thing. With my personality, one of the things that drives me absolutely nuts is is mess and clutter. I can't relax when things are, are, are really, really cluttered. I'm trying to get better at it. But I'm not very good at that. It's always stressful to me. And what's even worse is when you try to clean up a small area and you have to put, you know, these three things go in a drawer over here and you open that drawer and you realize how bad that drawer is. And that's depressing. You put those things away, grab four other things that have to go in a cupboard over here and you open up and five things fall out of that cupboard because that's so bad. Right. You start to get this feeling that you'll never dig out of it. And that's where the, the, the stress and the frustration comes. Now, I mentioned at the beginning of this segment that I'm excited. I'm excited because there's a room in my house that it's a room of despair. Now, my son's bedroom is a room of utter despair. And I don't even look at that room. I'm not talking about that room. There's there's nothing that's going to fix that room. But I'm talking about the kid's bathroom. The kid's bathroom is terrible. I try to avoid it at all costs because it's just utterly de- de- depressing. The whole thing is so dirty and so hard to, to... Well, let me back up. Let's start by talking about hard water. And then I'm going to get to the kid's bathroom because I found a fix for all of the issues going on in there. And it's so simple, and I'm literally blown away at at how well this worked. So let's start with hard water, because that's a big part of my problem that's going on. Now, hard water, we've talked about it before. We had an interview with Gordon Water Systems, and they talked about water softeners, and specifically, they talked about how I needed one at my home when I explained all the different issues that I was dealing with. But anyway, hard water, what is it? The hardness of water is determined by the amount of calcium and magnesium and other minerals that are in your water. They're concentrated in there. And more of them means harder water. All right. So water softeners work by reducing the concentration of these minerals. All right. We don't see them, anything like that. But that's when we talk about hard water, what we're talking about. There's actually these minerals in the water and it wreaks all kinds of havoc. You see it, you see signs of this when you see scale buildup on your faucets, right? The white flaky buildup that you see on there. It's hard to get off. It feels almost like stone because it is all these minerals that get deposited there and then when the water evaporates, you're left with just this crust and it's very tough to deal with. You see mineral stains on your clothing. You can see really ugly stains on the white porcelain. You know, Think about in the toilet. That's the kids' bathroom. We got all of that. Ugly stains on the porcelain. Stains in sinks and tubs. And one more that, that I was... I knew was a real big problem in the kid's bathroom, but I didn't realize it was directly still related to this hard water problem, and that's soap scum. See, when soap is used in hard water, the charged, this is the science section. Betsy would say this is the science corner right now. But when soap is used in hard water, charged calcium and magnesium particles in the water, the the stuff that we talked about that, that makes it hard water, those charged particles end up reacting with the soap to form soap scum. Now, it doesn't do that with detergent. It doesn't form the soap scum when it's used with detergent. It just does when it's used with soap. Now, we see it on our showers. We see it all over the place, blah, 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 blah. So if you've got those issues, first off, right off the bat, you might want to look into a water softener in your home. Getting that in your home, check with Gordon Water, check with somebody who would help you with those things, and maybe that will help resolve some of your problem. Now, to the issue at hand, the issue that I wanted to talk about, the issue that I started the show with, the kid's bathroom, the, the room of despair in my home, the shower door. And, and honestly, I want, I want you to understand, the house isn't a pigsty. 
as much as I'm going to make it sound like that, it's just the kid's bathroom that's crazy right now. The rest of the house is pretty decent, except just don't open any cupboards. But I'm pretty sure that's everybody's home, right? Don't you think? The few of you who feel that way and know what I'm talking about, at least we're together on this. Anyway, the kid's bathroom, let's get to that. The shower door is coated with soap scum, all right? The metal frame around it, covered with soap scum. And mineral deposits and all of that. The shower head, all kinds of mineral deposits. There's white flaky buildup on the escutcheon which is a really fun word, and I really was be- wish Betsy was here to talk about that or to just to show her how smart I am. But an escutcheon, just so you know, it's the protective or ornamental plate or flange as if around a keyhole or a pipe. In this instance, what I'm talking about is basically the big silver thing where the faucet is that has the H and the C on it for the hot and the cold. That thing is called an escutcheon if I'm pronouncing it correctly. And for mine, it's just completely trashed. It's completely built up with all this flaky mineral deposits and all of that. The walls of the shower are coated with soap scum. The toilet has dark stains in the bowl. It's super sad because that is a brand new toilet. I was so excited when I put that in just over a year ago or so, and within just a few months, we've got these stains in there that I cannot get out. And that's important to understand or to stress. With all of these things that I just listed, all these horrible things that make the house sound absolutely vile in a place that you'd never want to be, they're not there because I never tried to clean them. I have tried over and over and over to clean these things to no avail. You know, nothing has really worked. I have tried all kinds of cleaners. I have tried all kinds of different hacks that are supposed to work. I've even tried WD-40, which actually cut through the soap scum, but presented a number of other issues because it is a water dispersing agent. It's, 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 it's not something that you rinse away with water. So putting that on the, the walls of the shower were problematic. It took a while to get that off. I wouldn't recommend it. Cut through it like a dream, but it's, it's, a, it's a pain to deal with. Anyway... I've got all of that going on, and in prepping for the show the other day, I came across, basically, the, the, the website termed them as cleaning hacks for hard water stains and stuff like that. These are not hacks, I don't think, because they're recommending a store, a, a, a cleaner that you can pick up in the store. And so, really, there, there's no hack involved. It's basically buy the cleaner, use the cleaner as it's intended, and it really works. The thing that's fun about it is it really works. Um, the cleaner, CLR, all right? That's the brand, and they've got a number of different products. So the first thing I picked up, and they're all inexpensive, three, four bucks, I think four bucks, the CLR Brilliant Bath, all right? It's a bath cleaner, multi-purpose, multi-surface cleaner. It's a foam spray. It's just in a spray bottle. It comes out in a heavy foam, and it's basically here to cut through dirt, calcium, lime, hard water deposits, and soap scum, all of those things, all right? So basically, four bucks, I think, for this little spray bottle. I took that home, headed straight to the shower, sprayed. The first thing I hit was the shower door because that has honestly plagued me since we bought the house. It always has this film on it and I've never been able to cut through it. So I spray it with this. A couple things. It's a heavy foam. The, The way it's recommended on the website for CLR is you spray it and you let it sit for two minutes or so, and then you you hit it and wipe it off with a sponge. That didn't work for me because when you spray it, it goes on in great big, you know, the minute it hits the door, there's a great big blob of foam, 
and it doesn't just it doesn't spread around. It's not like an aerosol spray that spreads all over the door. So basically, I had you know the little rubber gloves for cleaning, and I used that to smear it all over the door. So I sprayed the door in a number of spaces, smeared the whole door so that it was evenly coated, and let it sit for a few minutes. Okay, come back, start scrubbing at it. A couple things. First off, I removed probably 75% of the soap scum right on the first application. I was blown away. I had it cleaner in the first try than I've had in years of trying with all kinds of different cleaners. This isn't a crazy expensive, like I said, it's it's a very inexpensive cleaner. You can find it almost anywhere. It's a safe cleaner. It's not like there's all kinds of chemicals and all that involved. In fact, it's part of the EPA's Safer Choice program, which basically is just a program recognizing certain products as a safer alternative to traditional chemicals. So it's safe in that regard. And I was blown away at how well it worked. Like I said, right off the bat, probably 70% of the soap scum and all that came away. A couple things that I learned. Definitely, I would want some sort of scrubby pad. All I had were paper towels or rags. If I'd have had a little Scotch-Brite pad or something with some abrasive quality to it, nothing that would etch or do anything to the glass, just something with a little bit of bite to it, I think I could have cut through all of it right away. As it was, a second application took care of that. I was stunned. So I turned it to the escutcheon. As I mentioned earlier, it's the little the little flange, the little cover plate where, where you've got your faucet. It's the thing with the H and the C on it. So you know whether to turn the water hot, which way to turn it, or which way to turn it to get it cold. That thing and my shower was so depressing. In the kid's shower, I should say. That thing in the kid's shower was so depressing because it was so bad. I sprayed it with the stuff, let it sit for a few minutes, wiped it clean. It looks brand new. Couldn't believe it. Brand new. Anyway, I went through the whole shower, cleaned the whole shower with this brilliant bath stuff. When I got to the toilet, I used a different product. Now, that product is from the same company, and it is called, it's just CLR, Calcium Lime and Rust Remover. All right, it's just in a bottle. I, you, you mix it out. There's all kinds of different applications for this. But for the, for the toilet, I mixed it out, turned off the water supply, got most of the water out of the bowl. So now I've got those brown, those stains exposed. Mixed it 50-50 with water, poured it in there, let it sit for a little bit, couple minutes, three, four minutes. And then I came back with a brush, scrubbed most of that off, hit it a couple of times. It took a couple of applications. Again, if I'd have had the right scrubbies and, and all of those things, I could have cleaned it much quicker. But bottom line, in the course of about 40 minutes, I had cleaned this entire shower and removed what I feel are years worth of soap scum with with the, the Brilliant Bath, the CLR Brilliant Bath Cleaner. And then I turned to the toilet and got all of those stains up in probably about another 10 or 15 minutes using just the multi-use CLR, Calcium Lime and, lime and Rust Remover. There are a number of other things that I could say. I I just wanted to point it out because if you've struggled trying to get these hard water stains up and you've tried a million different things that you've read about on the internet, you've come up with all kinds of hacks, here's something. Just go buy the cleaners. They're safe chemicals, safe, easy to use. Yes, you want to ventilate. Yes, you don't want to mix them with certain other cleaners. You don't mix them with bleach and things like that. That can be dangerous. But you can clean shower heads. You can clean, like I said, Everything having to do with hard water deposits, lime deposits, soap scum, things like that. If you struggle with that in a bathroom, this is what you want. It's going to be perfect. Check it out. We've got some links in the show notes for you to check out, and we have updated the show notes. So when I say it's going to be there, 
from now on, it's going to be. So you can check it out there. It's definitely going to be something you're going to want to have in your cleaning arsenal. CLR, uh, calcium, lime, and rust remover, and CLR, brilliant bath. Really, really, really effective cleaners. And it turned that room of despair into a room of just... Oh, shoot. You know, at least it's not utter despair. It's just shucks. You know, it's the kid's bathroom. It's always going to be that. Now, all right, before I wrap this one up and tell you what's next, a couple of things. First, never, ever clean the toilet bowl with something abrasive. I should have said that in the whole midst of that segment, but I didn't. Don't do that. If you do that, there's a good chance that you could scratch the porcelain. And if that happens, you really don't come back from that. So keep that in mind when you're cleaning. Secondly, it's been about a year since I stumbled onto that bathroom cleaning product, and I still love it. I still recommend it. CLR Brilliant Bath. Definitely check it out. Now, all right, it's time for a break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking about thermal tracking, ghosting. It goes by a number of different names, and it's a paint-related issue that can happen on your walls. We'll tell you what it is and what you can do about it if you're dealing with it coming up next. Stay tuned. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Well, this week, Haley and I just didn't have time to put together a new show for the weekend, and we'll get to that next week. Next weekend will be all new again, but for this weekend, I decided to play some favorites from the past. Here's a quick segment from May 30 of last year that I'm still feeling the effects of today. But right now, Betsy, let's get on to the business at hand, and that's basically to talk about how I wrecked my mother's mother or uh, not my Mother's Day weekend. I'm sure I probably wrecked that too, but <laughs> Memorial Day I really wrecked because I stopped over to visit, mm-hmm. and uh, I mentioned as I was sitting there, uh, I noticed some some spots on her wall, basically on this outside wall, you know, in the living room. I'm looking up at the vaulted ceiling, and I can see kind of the outlines of where the studs, where some of the framing is on the wall, kind of these outlines on the wall, these darker mm-hmm. spots. And I pointed it out and she said, oh, yeah, yeah, those are those are just shadows. <laughs> and like an idiot, I said, oh, no, no, it's not shadows. Here's what's going on. It's called ghosting. It's called thermal tracking. It's dirt and there's a moisture thing going on. And talk about freak out. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> and then mom went to the whole condo association or she sent dad. I'm not sure how this all worked, but now she's telling me that other people are examining their homes and they're all frustrated and concerned because they're seeing these shadows or this outline right. on the wall. So I thought, let's talk about it and, you know, maybe just at least get the information out there as to what's going on. It's called thermal right. tracking. Ghosting is another thing that it's called. Mm-hmm. Betsy, go ahead and run through what's happening, actually. Well, usually you see it where there are ceiling joists or studs or something like that. You can see it in corners sometimes or around doors and windows where there's a frame to hold those in place. And it's caused when the studs or the joists or whatever wood or even metal, I've seen it happen in buildings that are metal as well, yep. when they're colder than the drywall. And then condensation builds up just a little bit on the underside and it goes through the drywall 
and you can't see it on the drywall when it's just a little bit damp, but that dampness collects mm -hmm. all of the dirt and the dust and whatever else might be flying through your air. If you're a person who burns right. candles, that happens mom, very frequently. Mom, listen up. <laughs> yes, that is mom's issue. Yeah. <laughs> and then she had the gall, because I said that. I, she said, well, it's my house dirty and i said no it's not dirty right you know you've got candles burning mm -hmm. she said i don't burn a lot of candles and at that moment you look around the room and it's like the face <laughs> of the sun because everywhere you look there's a candle burning uh -huh. i'm surprised the fire department wasn't there <laughs> so i said yeah you you burn a fair amount of candle right and mom also keeps the windows open yeah. she loves to have the breeze mm -hmm. blowing through and that airborne dirt and again it collects on that moisture yeah. that's forming on the on the wall there and you don't see the moisture it's not dripping down no. your wall it's just this little bit uh -huh. and it just collects dirt over time and you start to see these areas so what do you do to fix it well the, you know first thing you got a couple things potentially going on is it could be not insulated well mm -hmm. yeah. or or it's improperly insulated or something has to be sealed you know, if you want to go that route of trying to figure out if that's the problem and how to get that fixed, you probably want to contact an expert like WMGB Home Improvement. Right. We've had them on the show before. They'll come out and do all kinds of different tests to figure out exactly what's going on, and mm -hmm. they can advise you from that point. Uh -huh. That would be the insulation thing. You can also find and seal significant air leaks and things, you know, around your doors, around your windows, mm -hmm. uh, things like your ductwork, you know, check with service professor. They do ductwork sealing ductwork cleaning, things like that. You know, some of it is just indoor moisture levels. Right. Maybe you run a dehumidifier and try to remove some of the moisture from the yeah. air. Burn better candles, mom. Maybe something that mm -hmm. doesn't throw as much soot into the air. Maybe burn less. If you are a candle burner, make sure you're trimming that wick because a lot of the soot actually comes from the wick being too tall. You need to trim it down to like a quarter of an inch above where the wax is so it should be a very short wick the longer the wick is the more of that soot is going to go in your air so what do you do if you've got it betsy we got a little bit of time left what do you do it's really simple all you have to do is clean it really well because you want to get all that dirt off there um might need to repaint that area if it you know kind of looks a little off still I would prime it with bin just to be sure, you know, if there's any soot or something up there that maybe you couldn't get off. If you prime it with a white pigmented shellac, the bin primer, that's going to take care of it, seal it in so that you don't have that coming through your paint, and then just repaint over that spot. Right. Just be aware if you don't fix the cause, the problem will return over time. So don't be surprised if you see it. Right. And that's going to do it. That's all the time we've got. If you are curious about thermal tracking or ghosting and you need more information, just call any Repco Light or Port City Paint Store or chat with us online at RepcoLight.com. And as I did mention at the beginning of this whole segment, I'm still dealing with the ramifications of all of this. See, Mom has tried over this year a number of things to fix this coasting problem, and all of them have failed. She first tried cleaning it, but couldn't scrub the marks out of her paint. Secondly, she tried the touch-up trick, and that might have worked, except she couldn't get all the way to the edge where the wall meets the ceiling. She's got cathedral ceilings and just couldn't reach all the way up there. She didn't want to get scaffolding or big ladders out. She thought maybe she could pull it off, but she couldn't. I think that might have worked, and I suggested that we try it, but she's done with it. She's sick of it after a year's worth of staring at something that she didn't even know was a problem until I pointed it out. She's done. 
And so she's hiring a painter to do it. So in the end, there's a happy ending, at least of sorts, right? Anyway, whatever you do today, make sure paint's a part of it. Repcolite and Port City Paints are open till 3, ready to help. I'm Dan Hansen. Thanks for listening.